Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. How are you doing this morning? Worship was awesome. The presence of God was so, so great, so loving, and um, his, his magnificence is, was obvious. It was great to worship with you guys this morning. Um, we are in the third week of our series on living greater than, and it's just been really awesome. The, the first um, sermon my husband Bill gave on um, Daniel and how he lived a life that was influential and set apart, even though his circumstances were not great. He still lived that way. And then last week, Pastor Mark spoke on our purpose and that our purpose isn't something that's um, one thing that is mysterious and we can't ever, you know, really find out what it is, but it's more about what's in you. What are your desires and passions to do for the Lord? And today I'm going to talk about walking in the authority of your calling. And I'm excited about this talk. I've been excited about it since February. Um, we went to Bethel, a church out in Redding, California. And while we were there, um, um, we heard a message that really struck me, and it was about authority, and it was about Moses' staff and the authority that, that that was. And so since February, God has just been teaching me so much about walking in the authority of our calling and um, just opening scriptures to me. And so we are going to dive in. I'm going to share with you what he's been teaching me um, over the last several months. So goals for today, um, I want to encourage you and I want to stir you up in the area of your calling and your anointing, your dreams, um, your desires. Um, and I want to encourage you to start doing things now that will lead towards the end goal. And I'm going to highlight the process that God uses to grow us in authority in the area of our calling. And that process um, that we're going to look at is how God did that with Moses. And that will be a template for us of how he can do it with us. You guys ready? Sound good? So I believe wholeheartedly that we all have something special, special giftings that God has given you, um, something that he has anointed you to do, that he is um, kind of inviting you into. It's the dream deep in you that has been there. It's the thing that God has been inviting you into, and maybe it's momentarily forgotten, but then you get reminded of it again. Um, you could have had it, you know, this desire for years. Um, maybe you were given a prophetic word about it. Um, it could have to do with your career or hobby. It could have to do with anything. It, it could be a call to something specific, like um, Moses got a call for a, a specific purpose, right? Or it could not be a specific thing. Um, it could just be a desire that you have, something you want to do for God. But whatever it is, it requires God's favor and his anointing to actually accomplish it. That's how you know it's the thing I'm talking about. Because it would require God's favor and his anointing to accomplish it. So it could be to write a book. It could be to write songs. It could be... Um, to be a worship leader, to teach God's word, to become an influential speaker, to lead a Bible study, to be 
a leader in your community or in the area that you're passionate about um, or um, in your workplace. It could be you know, a missionary to help couples who are struggling with, mar with their marriage. Um, it could be to, you know, to rescue people who are helpless or hopeless. Whatever it is, you've got something in you. Um, I had the privilege of being a part of uh, Breakthrough Prayer probably back in June, I think it was. And we started having this conversation and somebody just started saying, you know what, I have a dream to write a book. And, and, and she was kind of nervous to say that because that was like a big thing to say, right? And we're all just like, whoa, that's really cool. And then somebody else says, I have a dream to have a, an amazing prophetic ministry where my words are just spot on and they go deep and they really influence, impact, and change that person's life. That's my dream. And somebody else was like, I have a dream to have a healing ministry where, you know, I can pray for the sick and, and God heals them. And somebody else was like, I want to have a prophetic art um, ministry. I want to be able to paint pictures, draw pictures for people and just say, this is what God, you know, wants to say to you and to bless people. And it was just this really um, special time where everyone started to share their thing and we were encouraging one another. And so whatever it may be for you, it feels big. And, and where your response is almost like, um, how could I really do that, you know? And um, we hesitate because it feels so far from our current reality. Um, you know, but the thing about God is he's not afraid to show us the end goal no matter how far we are from it now. He's, he's, he's that, like, confident and, you know, secure. He's like, let me show you this. And we're like so far from it. And it's just the way he works. So with Gideon, right? He called Gideon a mighty warrior when he, Gideon was anything but a mighty warrior at the time of, um, of God calling him that. Um, we see this with Peter. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, at that time in Peter's life, he was not quite rock solid material, was he? He, you know, soon thereafter denied Jesus three times. But God was calling him into something, and he knew that he could become that. It's, okay, this is what I think it's like. This is kind of funny, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like a parent telling their toddler, while their toddler's, like, standing there, like, peeing on the floor and, like, throwing food and having a tantrum, you know, all within the same five minutes, that, you know, you're going to be, um, you know, a really successful CEO. And they're just like, you know, they can't comprehend that. It's so far from where they are right then. But God's, God's a good father, and he brings us along. So um, it's because God's power will be what flows through us, and he will grow us in our authority and in our calling, and our confidence will grow and our faith will grow, and our trust in him, that he comes through every time, that his power is strong, and, and that will grow in us as we journey towards our call. Sound good so far? Yeah. All right. You getting excited? You thinking of maybe what your thing is? All right. Keep thinking. I'm praying the Holy Spirit stirs it in you. So, okay. 
Today I'm going to totally focus in on your unique giftings and call, but I want to say a couple things before we focus on that. And I want to say that there are things that we're all called to, like the Great Commission, to live lives that obey God's commands and instructions. These are not individual. This is something we're all called to. Now, how we live out the Great Commission is going to look a little different person to person, but we'll still be, you know, spreading his love to others, glorifying and honoring his name. That will be something in common. And we wouldn't want to use our pursuit of our unique call um, as a cop-out to what we're all called to. Um, we also wouldn't want to use it as an excuse for inactivity. So we wouldn't want to say like, well, I'm supposed to write a book. I'm supposed to be an author, so I'm not going to do anything unless it's writing my book. Even though there's like this lady over there who's like, seriously needing some encouragement, maybe a prayer. You're like, well, no, I'm an author, you know. Well, maybe what God really wants to do is have you faithfully serve, you know, for 15 years in your congregation, just loving and encouraging and praying for people. And, and that journey will be the material that you use in your book. You kind of follow what I'm saying there? Um, all right, so let's get into the story. We're going to look at Moses' call at the burning bush. We're going to look at his process of growing in authority in his calling and then what walking in authority looked like for him. So I'm going to read a lot of scripture. Some of it's on the screen. Most of it I'm just going to read to you. I'm going to give you a little background in case you don't know the story of Moses. See if I can do this fast. Okay, so Moses is an Israelite, God's chosen people, and he um, was born in a time when all the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. And um, Pharaoh hated the Israelites because there were a lot of them. And so he made this decree, kill all the baby boys. Well, Moses' mother was like, uh, no, you're not killing my son. And so she made this basket and set him in the river, and there he goes in the river. Well, Pharaoh's daughter ends up seeing him in the water, adopts him, and Moses is raised in an Egyptian home, even though he's an Israelite. He grows up and eventually ends up murdering an um, Egyptian who was mistreating an Israelite. So he's like, no, I'm just stick up for my Israelites, right? Well, he murders the guy, and then Pharaoh wants to kill him. So Moses has to flee for his life. He ends up fleeing to Midian, where there he meets his wife. He gets married, and he lives under um, his father-in-law's household. And he um, you know, works his flocks and everything. Well, he's out working the flocks, and there he sees a bush that's burning. And it's not burning up. It's just burning, but it's staying intact. So Moses goes on over to it and is like, what in the world is that? And God talks to him out of the bush. And God um, pretty much, God tells um, Moses, um, my people, the Israelites, I see their misery. They are being horribly uh, mistreated by their slave drivers. And I'm having compassion. I love them. So guess what? I am sending you, Moses, to Egypt to, to free the Israelites. And, and so he gets his call, and um, his response is, who am I 
that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. Do you know me? Like, what are you talking about here? And, and that's Moses' burning bush call. And I feel like you all have a burning bush call where God's calling you to something, where your response is like, yeah, that's too big. I think you got the wrong person. That's not going to really work out very well, I don't think. And, um, but I just believe that you can insert your name in that verse. So go now, Nicole, I am sending you to. Go now, you know, Sue, I am sending you to. We have this call. Okay, I'll share um, mine, one of mine. I feel like, you know, we can have maybe several. And um, for a long time, I have felt called to, to sing prophetically over lots of people. And while I'm singing, God's love is flowing. They're getting healed. They're getting set free. And it's really powerful. Okay, the first time God showed me this picture while I was worshiping, I think I was like in junior high, it freaked me out, and I quickly forgot about it, right? I'm like, I'm not doing that. What are you talking about? You know, like, I'm the, like, nervous girl backup singer on the stage. I'm not doing that. So, you know, I forget about it for a couple of years. He would remind me. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Okay, it's not doing that. Um, <clears throat> and then he'd, you know, remind me and remind me. And then when I heard the, like, back in February, like I was telling you guys, I heard the message, and God's like, I'm calling you to that. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll say yes. And so I've started, you know, to, to take steps towards that. And um, when we talk about practical steps, I'll tell you what those are. But we're not talking about practical things right now. I'm stirring your hearts to, with emotion. Okay, so <laughs> we have an order here that I like to do things in. Okay, <laughs> so... Um, this is what happens at the burning bush. Um, God equips Moses with power. Because it's not about Moses. He's not going to do it in his own strength how he is right then. God's going to equip him with power. So God says to Moses, this is um, Exodus 4, um, well, first Moses is you know, having all these things like, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they're like, the Lord didn't appear to you? You know, Moses is thinking of all these things that people are going to say. And, and then the Lord says to Moses, what's in your hand? And he says, a staff. The Lord says, throw it down. He throws it down, it becomes a snake. The Lord says, pick it up by the tail. He picks it up by the tail, and it becomes a staff again. The Lord is anointing his staff with power from on high. He says to Moses, take your hand, put it inside your cloak. He takes um, his hand out, and it's leprous, nasty, white, leprosy hand. Put it back in your cloak. Pulls it out. It's clean, healthy, normal hand. And so God is anointing Moses' hands with power from on high. Then Moses says to the Lord, um, I've never been eloquent, neither, neither in the past nor since our little conversation here at the bush. I think that's funny how he throws that in there. Um, and so the Lord says to him, who gave man his mouth? He says, I will help you speak, and, you, and I will teach you what to say. So God is promising to anoint and speak through Moses' mouth. So here we have 
God anointing him to do something great, inviting him to do something great, and anointing his hand, anointing his staff, anointing his mouth. I would suggest to you this morning that he's doing the same thing with you. He's calling you to something great, and he will anoint your hand, he'll anoint your staff, and he'll anoint your mouth. Now, the hand represents what you do, your action, okay? And the staff represents what's in your hand, your gift, your calling, the thing you're using, you're speaking, preaching, prophesying, okay? So whenever you see the staff or the hand, you'll know this is what it's referring to. Okay, so, so God anoints these things, and Moses is, like, super reluctant, but he is going to go for it, okay? So he's like, all right, I've got to go back to Egypt, you know. So he gets his wife, he gets his sons, and they're traveling back to Egypt, and this crazy thing happens along the way. God almost kills Moses. How many of you remember this part of the story? Isn't it weird, crazy? Um, this, is, this, is, this is what happened. See, Moses hadn't circumcised his sons. And that is like a very important foundational thing for all Israelites. You cir you're circumcised. That shows that you're set apart in your gods. And he hadn't done that with his sons. Now, I can think of justifications. He grew up in an Egyptian home, and they don't circumcise. He's been living in Midian, and he, they don't circumcise. And maybe his wife wasn't into it because she's from Midian. Okay, so, but the point is, they weren't circumcised. And he's going to deliver God's people. So God's about to kill him. And Zipporah, his wife, this is crazy. She just quick takes a flint knife, circumcises their sons, and brings the foreskins back. Woo! <laughs> brings the foreskins back and puts them in between Moses and God. And God spares him. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Go Zipporah. She's awesome. <sighs> Fastest circumcision ever done. <laughs> okay, so I was like, God, what are you telling me about that? What, what, what is that about? And he said, I call you into your anointing before you're perfect. So you may need to make some things right. You may need to make some changes from how you were living before your call. And that's just part of pruning as we go. And that's how God does things. He prunes us as we go. He doesn't wait for us to be perfect before he starts working with us. So let's look at the verse about pruning in John 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So I am a gardener. Any other gardeners in the house? Bill tried to, like, say he was a gardener in first service, and that was not the case. So, um, so, okay, so I love to garden. And some of my favorite shrubs and bushes, like, I love pruning them because they look even more beautiful. And I know that if, oh, I, if I kind of cut off this one limb that's kind of weak, it's, it's not, you know, it's almost dead and it's just not bearing fruit. If I cut that off, the energy can go to the healthy parts of the plant. It's going to be even more beautiful and strong. And so my love for my garden motivates me to prune it. Now, if I didn't care about my garden, if I didn't love my garden, I would neglect it. 
and I would not prune my bushes. But God is not like that. He does not neglect us. And so he prunes us. So you can expect that along the way. And it's just a good thing. All right, so here we have Moses um, realizing that he's called into anointing before he's perfect. God's pruning as, he, as, as they go. Um, and then Moses is kind of feeling alone. And so God's like, well, I'm going to send Aaron, your brother, to help you. He's going to be a mouthpiece because you're so nervous about speaking, and he's going, you know, to do this with you. And so God um, sets up people to partner with us. He goes with us so we're not alone, and he provides other people with us so we have that community, and we have that help. We're not alone in this. We see that all throughout the New Testament. Jesus was sending the disciples out in twos on missions, and Paul was always with somebody, Barnabas and Paul, Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy. There's this this um, partnering that he does. Um, all right, so um, this is one of my favorite parts of this sermon I'm giving you today. Just give you a little heads up. So I'm going to read to you starting in Exodus 6.30. <clears throat> so Moses, let me just tell you where we're at in the story. Moses gets to Egypt. He goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, sure, no. Pharaoh says, no way, you know, just totally shuts it down um, and actually makes life miserable, even more miserable for the Israelites. So Moses is feeling really discouraged, like, God, you called me to do this, and oh, man, if my confidence was down here before, now it's like down here, like it's underground. That's how low. And, um, um, Moses says, why would Pharaoh listen to me? You know, he's just totally, I'm not going back in there. You saw that one. But the Lord says to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. So God just took Moses where he was and boosted his authority, making him like God to the ruler of Egypt. Wow, giving him a prophet? I mean, he just gave him that authority to walk in. And then what I love to see is, um, is how his confidence in authority grows as all the plagues are played out. God could have just done all the plagues, couldn't he? And just he could have made them happen. But he chose to use almost every plague is initiated by Moses or Aaron's hand or staff. He chose to use what he anointed in them to, to um, you know, to flow through with power. So let's read some of those. Um, God says to Moses, take in your hand the staff and strike the Nile, the water of the Nile, and it will become blood. He says a little later, tell Aaron, stretch your hand with your staff over the streams, and frogs will come up onto the land. The Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch your staff and strike the dust of the ground. Throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. Take handfuls of soot from the furnace, have Moses toss them into the air in the presence of Pharaoh, and the dust will settle and there'll be boils on everyone's body. 
um, stretch your hand toward the sky and hail will fall all over Egypt. So can you imagine what this must be like for Moses? His confidence is building, I'd say, like, wow, God, you've given me this authority and you're moving through my hands and my staff. And he is just getting built up in his journey toward his call of bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. And there's more. Stretch your hand over Egypt and locusts will swarm over the land, devour everything in the field. There he's using his hand. Stretch your hand toward the sky and darkness will fall over Egypt. And so um, I love that Moses isn't taken straight from the burning bush to the Red Sea parting. He's, through the, he's taken through this whole process of his authority growing, of his confidence growing, of his trust in God's power growing, faith is growing, and it's so amazing. And so this, um, this is what it's going to be like for you as you grow in your authority and your calling. You're going to start to feel different. But what I want to say is, um, sometimes it might feel wrong to feel so confident and strong. But we, because we could actually mistake our growing in authority for pride. And so we might shut it down. But that is counterintuitive to the goal. We don't want to, like, take steps up in confidence and God's boosting us up and then be like, oh, my gosh, okay, this feels kind of weird. Let me just run back down here where I'm comfortable, right? And so, um, you know, if you do enter pride, God is not that, you know, super worried about that. He can prune you. He's secure, you know, because you're doing something. You're growing a branch, and you're, you're growing something that he can shape, that he can prune. Is that good? Yes. All right. So by the end of all these, um, by the end of all these plagues and everything, um, eventually, even Moses' enemies recognized his authority. And I was just like, "Wow! Like, how far has he come? This is amazing." Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So your authority will become evident to others, even your enemies. Okay, so finally, um, Pharaoh has had enough. He's like, okay, fine, take your people and go. So Moses takes all the Israelites and they're heading on out. <clears throat> and they get to the Red Sea and they're, you know, blocked there. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh changes his mind. And he's like, no, why did I just let my, all my slaves go? And so he's chasing after them with tons of chariots and all this power. And the, the Israelites are freaking out. They are so mad at Moses. Why did you bring us out here to die in the desert? We would have much rather stayed slaves. Like they are just, you know, freaking out, as I'm sure I would if they were chasing me. But this is amazing what um, Moses says to them. And his response shows me how much he's changed from that guy at the burning bush who was like, yeah, you've got the wrong guy. I'm nothing. This is what he says to the people who are complaining. Moses answers the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. 
The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Wow, he has grown in his confidence and authority, I'd say. Woo! Okay, this next part's great. So he says that to the people, and then he's like, hold that thought. <laughs> God, what are we going to do? He cries out to God. And um, I just think God's response is hilarious. God's, I'm going to paraphrase this. I'll read the Bible in a minute, but let me tell you my paraphrase. God's like, why are you asking me? What's, what's in your hand there? What's that in your hand there? Haven't I taught you how to use that? Go, go ahead and use it. He's like, oh, oh, right, right, okay. <laughs> Part the water. Um, but it says, um, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. See, Moses' authority in the area of his calling had grown to such a place that he was ready to part the sea. And that will be your end, too. When you walk in your calling and you, your authority is raised up and your confidence grows, you will be able to part the sea as well. So no matter where you're at in your life right now, you can accept and pursue your call. Age does not matter. Um, Moses was 80 years old when he spoke to Pharaoh, and he died at 120, so that's like the last third of his life. So, I mean, if you're planning to live to 90 and you're 60 years old, I mean, you're just ready now, you know, to, to get going on this. Age doesn't matter. Jesus' disciples, they were in their 20s in their early 20s, many of them. So age doesn't disqualify you. Gender doesn't disqualify you. Your ethnicity, your background doesn't qualify you, disqualify you. You have a call. You have a gifting. You have dreams. And God will anoint your hands. He will anoint what's in your hands. He will anoint your mouth. And you can begin walking toward that call today. And you'll watch your confidence grow. You'll watch your authority grow. And you'll be able to see what you and God can accomplish together. Sound good? All right, let's get practical. You can clap first if you want. All right. So, first question is, um, what is your unique calling? Hopefully while I've been talking, you've been thinking of something. But what... This is a side note now. Boop. I'm going to teach you something about prophetic words and prophecy for a minute. Um, hearing God's voice, sensing what God would say to you or say to others is considered prophecy. And we believe here at New Day that everyone can hear God's voice. He is speaking to us. He is an active God. The Holy Spirit's in us. And that we can tune in and get used to what his voice sounds like and Apply that to scripture, make sure that lines up, and, and then that, that is a really um, powerful, special part of your relationship with God. So um, sensing your unique calling would fall under the category of prophecy. That would be a prophetic thing. So what you need to do with that is, like I said, check it against scripture. Also, submit it to your spiritual leadership, to your pastor, to your pastor's wife, to your mentor, and this is why. 
because anything major, like a major life change, a job change, a move, you know, a, a, a change in a family, you know, family situation is a big deal. And the Bible says that we know in part and we prophesy in part. It also says, let one prophet speak and another judge. So God puts in this check and balance system because we prophesy in part. So you don't want to form all decisions in your life based on something that's in part. So you want to take it and take it, um, you know, apply it to scripture and submit it to your spiritual authority. And hey, is this what you feel God would say? And that's just a good way to handle any anything major, any major prophetic word that you um, get or someone else gives you. Sound good? All right. So um, after you know what your unique calling is, you're going to take hold of it, and like the staff in your hand, you're going to claim it and say yes, okay? And then um, ask yourself, how can I walk toward it now, okay? What steps can I take right now in this stage of my life? They may be really small, but it's still a decision you're moving toward it, or it could be more major, for me, like I, I was telling you guys about, you know, seeing prophetically, what, when I decided to say yes and stop pushing that out of my mind, I said, all right, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start walking towards this. Um, so I am going to spend time in prayer just alone with you, and I'm going to start practicing that. I'm going to put on instrumental music, and I'm just going to start singing what's on my heart. And I'm going to put that into practice. I'm going to learn what I can from the worship leaders here at New Day. I'm going to make um, worship nights at Vine a priority when I can go. I'm going to attend the worship leaders conference next month. Okay, you see these practical things. I'm, I'm being on purpose about it and saying yes to God and something he's called me into. Um, so um, another practical example, Joyce Meyer. You guys know who she is, right? This really famous, influential um, Bible teacher. She just teaches the scriptures amazingly. Well, she tells the story that when she felt God call her to do that and to teach the Bible, she didn't know anything about the Bible. In fact, she was working a full-time job that had nothing to do with the Bible. And so eventually, over the course of a few things, what she ended up doing is quitting her job, staying home with her toddlers, and every day while they were napping, she committed to just pour through the scriptures. And that's how she learned the Bible. So those were practical things that she did to walk out her calling. And I'd say she's parting the Red Sea in the area of her calling, isn't she? So then the next practical thing is um, to make long and short-term plans. And then also to um, evaluate along the way, how's it going? Am I still saying yes and pursuing this process, or have I gotten sidetracked? I get sidetracked. I get busy. Sometimes I need to align back up and say, okay, God, yes, this is what we were going for. Um, and, then, and then ask yourself, you know, can I see and can I kind of feel that my authority has grown in the area of my anointing, like kind of evaluate that along the way. That's good to do. So, um, yeah, I just hope you guys are encouraged. Hope you can apply these practical steps. And um, i just like to um, bless you and pray over you. Would you guys just stand and close your eyes and...
put out your hands and just receive um, just a blessing I want to speak over you. So church, I bless you. I bless the dreams within your heart, the things that you um, feel called to do that, that's exciting but feels a little big. I bless the anointing within you. You are each called to partner with God and to do mighty things as sons and daughters of the King. So I pray blessing over you to be able to identify your call and then be able to grow in it and grow in the authority of your anointing. I bless you, Father. I pray right now that your, your love and your power would just fall on the people right now. You would highlight to them where you're inviting them.